Welcome to Scintillating Stories. In this show, we will read short stories by a variety of authors. Today's tale takes us on a trip with Mr. Silas Boggs, a quiet man from a small town where interesting things hardly ever happen. Silas Boggs by Katrina Scott. My first memory was when I bit my brother. Mama had just put him down for a nap. He hadn't been home from hospital all that long, but she put him down in my crib. Beside the crib was my stroller with his teddy in it. With my four-year-old logic, I threw his bear out of the stroller and then, without even bothering to check if anyone was looking, I snuck over to the crib, dug my face through the bars, sunk my teeth into his arm. I think I remember this most distinctly because of what happened next. Mama ran over and yanked me away from the crib, hitting me so hard my loose tooth came right out. Richie, that's my brother, he was crying, of course, and that pissed Mama off because the only time he didn't cry was when he was asleep. The hitting, the screaming, and the crying all blend together after a while. When I look back in my childhood, it got worse after Pops got fired for being shit-faced at work, but me and my siblings didn't help at all. We could always find something to fight about, not that we had much to fight over. The house was too small for all of us, Mama, Pops, me, Richie, Danny, and Ruthie. It was almost a relief when Ruthie got hit by that truck. Things were no better when I was at school. We lived in this tiny-ass town in Oregon. Sisters, it's called, because the Three Sisters Mountains. And this was the 70s. Education wasn't exactly high on my list of priorities. I had a job helping the groundskeeper at the Sisters Inn most mornings before school. Pulling up weeds, that sort of thing. And then after school, it was off to the diner to wash the dishes. We boxes needed all the money we could get. And if the job wasn't strictly the code and it was cash in hand, well, so much the better. I quit washing dishes after high school, but I stayed on at the Sisters Inn. My old boss helped hook me up with a cleaning job, and that suited me just fine. The hours were brutal. I was at the bottom of the ladder, so I was doing the night shift at first, then later they got me on early in the morning. But I didn't mind. It got me out of the house. I needed a place of my own, but no way I could afford that kind of luxury on my salary. I'd been in the job for... Three years, when I met Junebug. Her name was June, but I always called her Junebug. She thought it was funny. Hell, she thought I was funny. A bit warped. We had the same sense of humour. I looked like a gremlin next to her, to be honest, but maybe that's why she liked me. Because I made her look glam. She was gorgeous anyway, but then I'm biased. Long and short of it is, we got married after going out for a couple years. We pooled what little money we had together and got our own place. It turned out we uh, couldn't have kids, but we were happy. I was happy. Turns out, Junebug wasn't so happy as she made out. She wanted out of sisters. She wanted to quit her work at the diner. She wanted, she wanted a hell of a lot. 
me. I was happy where we were. I had my job. We had our house. What was she expecting to find if we moved? More than like we could afford it. I found out what she was up to one night when I was let off early. After I'd told her I was going to be working late. The sisters was closing for a couple months with some renovations the next day, so I helped them get everything ready and then I went home. There was a car in the driveway and that was significant because we only had one car and I was driving it. You might say it was a friend or a neighbor or something, but why the hell would they be there at 2 a.m.? I wanted to confront her. That's what we boxers always did. Fight first, ask questions later. But something was different about that night. This wasn't just a scrap over who ate the last slice of pizza or who forgot to take the garbage out. This was betrayal, plain and simple. It deserved something more than a quick, dirty fight. That night, I went back to the sisters and slept in the back seat of my car in the parking lot. And by the time I got home, the other car was gone. Junebug didn't know I knew, and that was just how I wanted it. She thought I was such a moron that I wouldn't notice when she did it again a few weeks later. And the second time, I knew the guy. Recognized his bike, anyway. My fucking brother, Richie. Antifreeze was how I went about it. In that fucking cheap whiskey she liked, one before dinner, one with, one after. I just put in a little bit at first, but then I thought, fuck it, if you want a job done, you gotta do it right. She didn't seem to notice. And it was funny at first. She was acting like she was shit-faced. But it got pretty nasty real quick. Didn't take her long to go. I couldn't exactly keep her body in my fridge, it was too small, but as luck would have it, there were woodlands all around where we lived. Chopped her up with the saw I kept in the shed because one day, goddammit, one day I was going to build us a deck. Put the parts in a black garbage bag and stuck it in the trunk of the car. Don't mind me. Just off to the junkyard. I didn't go to the junkyard, of course. I went to the woods. And I'm here, a leg there, and as I was heading back to the car, I spotted the bird already peck, peck, pecking at one of her eyes. Useful creatures, birds. Her first man came around the next day. I'd parked the car in another street so we didn't know I was in. I left the front door unlocked, and he just let himself on in. He was carrying a bunch of flowers. Told me he worked with Junebug at the diner once he got over the initial shock of seeing me there. Of course he wanted to know where Junebug had got to. I told him she was sick, sleeping off upstairs. He didn't check. I didn't give him the chance. I went to a different patch of woods this time. I was like fucking Snow White. The wildlife loved me that much. Richie, though, he was something special. Always had been, my little brother Richie. Wonderful, Richie, cushy job down in the city with his own desk, Richie. If I'm honest with you, I never cared much for him, although he was my brother. What happened to him, well, 
It was like Mother Nature was doing me a favour. It wasn't long after Junebug had been declared a missing person. There were search parties and everything. Richie said we should look together, away from the group. He said he wanted to know how I was bearing up. I lied. Of course, I was doing just fine. We wandered off into the woods looking for June, and hey, wouldn't you know it, we ended up almost out the other side when it started raining. The path was getting treacherous, and it wasn't long till Richie slipped and fell off the cliff edge. Tragic, really. I found some of the group, told them he'd gone on without me, but I was too damn drained to keep up the search. They were sympathetic. Must be tough having to look for your missing wife. I could almost hear them thinking, thank God that ain't me. It wasn't long after Richie's fall that the cops showed up at my door. I'd expected them to show up sooner, frankly, but this was sisters. Nothing ever got done fast around there. I asked if they wanted coffee or something stronger, but they said no. They were there to ask me some questions about Junebug. They asked me so many questions, it was like they were trying to trip me up, get me to confess that black was white. I was surprised. My dear wife was missing, and they treated me like a criminal. I'd done nothing wrong. Where were you on the night of July 28th? What time did you return from the sisters' inn? Had you and Mrs. Boggs argued before she left? It went on for months. And it wasn't just questions about Junebug, neither. Which area of the woods were you searching on August the 9th? Had you been looking for her alone or with the search party? When was the last time you spoke to Richard Box? I made it very clear that me and Richie had never been close, and, well, turns out there was another man they suspected more than me anyway. Turns out my Junebug wasn't the only lady in his life. I stuck around until the police told me there was nothing more they could do. I told them I needed to leave. Start a new life elsewhere. They couldn't charge me, so they let me go. I packed what I could carry in a backpack, including the jewelry Junebug had that I damn well hadn't bought. Got in the car and drove till I nearly ran out of gas. I got more and kept going. Idaho, Wyoming. The car died in Nebraska, and I sold one of Junebug's necklaces to get some money for a long-haul bus ticket. Missouri, Kentucky. I stopped there. I was far enough away, I was safe. I worked odd jobs when I first came here, until I got the groundskeeper gig. This was back in the spring. The daisies were growing, the birds were singing, and the church was hiring. The pastor was very sympathetic when I told him of how my dear wife had passed on and how I had to get as far away from my old home as I could. You've travelled all the way from Nebraska, you poor soul. Of course, I didn't tell him the truth. What harm's little white lie gonna do when you've already committed murder? I've killed three people and dug the graves for God only knows how many more since then. Still no word about Junebug. It's been years now. No word about Richie either, but it's not like anyone would miss him. He always was a prick. Taking things that belonged to me. He can't take this job from me, though. None of them can. Digging graves, it really drives it home just how anticlimactic death is. All this build-up, 
called ceremony and ritual for a white sheet, a black box, and some dirt. <laughs> That's all there is at the end of the day, and it's all the same at the end. No matter who you are, you end up as dust in a jar, or as worm food six feet under. They should be thanking me. Jim Varg and those sons of bitches. At least their deaths were something different. Thank you so much for listening. This monologue was written to introduce Katrina's character Silas on the online RPG Devil's Tattoo. You can find more stories like this at devilstattoo.jcink.net. This has been a Yorick Radio production.